All right, so I, I hope you're ready for this one because this is probably one of the questions that I hear most often amongst all of the emails and text message questions and questions through coursework that we do. The difference between the finance charge, the APR, what is an interest rate, the Truth in Lending Act's uniform standards for stating the cost of credit leads to the most confusion, I would say, of, of you know most things in preparation for this exam. It's easily in the top five of confusing areas. And what I want to try and do for you here is just simplify it as best I can, right? Sometimes I find that when we dig ourselves into the weeds to try to get all of the information, it only serves to confuse us more. So instead of digging into the weeds here, what I want to do is go at the highest level and work down a little bit. But I think if we understand the highest levels here, it's probably the easiest way to, to, to settle this. So first things first, the Truth in Lending Act, TILA, is the law that, that requires lenders um, tell the truth about the loan that they're making. And it sounds ridiculous to, to simplify it that much, but, but the reality is that's all the law requires. And it's unfortunate, of course, that we've, we've come to a point. Now, now, we haven't just recently come to the point. This is something from back in 1968 where the government said, listen, we, we, we've got to protect consumers by making sure they're disclosed the costs and terms of their loan." We had to pass a law that requires the truth be disclosed. And in fact, the Truth in Lending Act is the first law that, that used disclosures as the, the main form of protection. In other words, the, the more educated the consumer, the better protected they'd be. And the two main areas in terms of this, this disclosure that we rely on is the idea of the finance charge and APR. All right, so what in the world is a finance charge? Right, a finance charge, if you just consider, like I said, it's at its, at its highest level. We'll start with the, de with the definition first. It's the cost of credit expressed as a dollar amount. The finance charge is, what do I have to pay over the life of this loan to have had this loan? Another way to say it is, what's it going to cost me to borrow? And, and one of the most obvious pieces of this, when, when we think about borrowing money, the first thing that comes to most of our minds is how much interest? What's this going to cost me in interest? And interest indeed is the biggest chunk, isn't it, of the finance charge. It's the most expensive piece of borrowing money. But the finance charge, the cost of credit, is not just interest. In a mortgage transaction, there are other costs that a borrower has to pay in addition to interest. All right, so if you think about applying for being approved for a mortgage loan, oftentimes you've got to pay an underwriting fee 
processing fee, sometimes a loan origination fee. These, these are fees that you're paying to the lender to get your loan, right? Up front to get your loan. But these are also considerations. These are fees you've got to consider in terms of the cost of having the loan over time as well. So these are most certainly finance charges, fees you've got to pay to borrow money that are rolled into, that are calculated into what that final dollar amount is. So let me spin it forward and say, okay, listen, you're going you're gonna to borrow $200,000. You don't just go to the bank and say, I need $200,000 and they cut you a check and say, good luck with that. Right? They charge you interest. There's a certain amount of interest that you've got to pay on an annual basis based on the principal balance of your loan. If you borrow $200,000, perhaps the interest on your loan winds up costing you $120,000 over 30 years. Sometimes we stop and we think, wow, wait a second, I'm borrowing $200,000. It's going to cost me $120,000 in interest? Well, the point is, even at a low interest rate, if you've got a 35 a 4% interest rate, that interest is charged on the principal balance on an annual basis. So even at a low interest rate, when you think about what you're paying month over month over month over month, at that low interest rate, if you've got the loan for 30 years, it adds up. So paying $120,000 in interest to borrow $200,000 isn't, isn't outlandish. It's not out of the ordinary. And I'm just making these numbers up to give you an idea as to what these finance charges are. The cost of credit is. But keep in mind, again, it's not just the interest costs that you've got to consider. In order to borrow $200,000, it's likely, of course, that you had to pay the creditor. You've got to pay the lender $5,000 to close the loan. I always tell people, you've got to think about what you had to pay the lender to walk out of the bank with the check. They don't just hand you the check, right? You've got to pay the underwriter. You've got to pay the processing fee. You've got to pay the origination fee. There are fees related to borrowing the money that go over and above what you're paying for interest. So while the interest might have cost you 120 grand, you've got to add another five grand in this example for your upfront costs that the lender required you to pay as well. So at the end of the day, a $200,000 loan might cost you $125,000 to execute over the course of 30 years. So your cost of credit, your cost of borrowing that money is pretty considerable. But it's not just the interest. What's considered a part of the finance charge? Again, I've given you several examples. The underwriting fee, the processing fee, a loan origination fee, but these are not the only examples. A broker fee, a mortgage broker fee would also be something rolled into the cost of financing 
that loan, the cost of borrowing that money. If you're using a mortgage broker, that means you're getting a mortgage. There's a cost to that. Frankly, finance charges really are, in the simplest terms, anything you're required to pay to borrow that money. These are fees that are exclusively related to the fact that you borrowed that money. Not fees that you would have paid whether you borrowed the money or not. Another way to say this, guys, is a finance charge does not include fees. They say within the Truth and Lending Act does not include fees that are payable in a comparable cash transaction. That's the statutory language that they use, payable in a comparable cash transaction. What that means is if you bought the house with cash and still had to pay transfer taxes and still had to pay property taxes and still had to pay certain title fees that would reflect you being the new owner of the property, well, that means those fees had nothing to do with the loan. Again, you bought the house with cash. Whatever fees you're still required to pay, those are fees related to the real estate transaction, not the loan. Fees related to the real estate transaction are not considered finance charges because they have nothing to do with the fact that you borrowed money Because if you bought the house with cash, guess what you didn't do? You didn't borrow money. So that's really the litmus question to ask yourself. If you're trying to determine, does this fee fall into the finance charge category or not? Ask yourself, is this a fee that I'm only paying because I borrowed money? Let's do a couple of examples. An appraisal fee. Am I only paying an appraisal fee? Because I borrowed the money to buy the house. No. The likelihood is even if you bought the house with cash, you'd still have an appraisal done to make sure the price you agreed to pay in cash was reasonable, right? In other words, the appraisal is not exclusively tied to the fact that you're borrowing money. It's a fee that you might pay either way. It's not related to the loan. It's related to the real estate transaction. Let me ask it another way. If you owned a home and you wanted to have an appraisal done, do you have to apply for a mortgage? Or could you just call an appraiser and have them come out and appraise your house? Again, the point of that example is to say is to say to you that an appraisal fee is not exclusively tied to a mortgage. Therefore, typically it's not considered a finance charge because it's not the cost of borrowing money an appraisal. A credit reporting fee is another example that people confuse very commonly as well. Ask the question, if I paid cash for this house, would I pay a credit reporting fee? Maybe you would, maybe you wouldn't. 
right? If you're paying cash for the house and the buyer wants to make sure that you're actually legitimate, maybe one of the considerations is they'd pull your credit to determine whether it's likely you even have the money. The flip side of that is you say, well, Ed, credit report, credit, the credit's only about determining if can you get a loan. Let me say it this way. What if you were doing a loan that allowed for a streamline? Refinance, for example. A lot of streamlined scenarios, they don't require a credit pool. They don't require an appraisal be done, right? They, they just do the loan based on the fact that you've got good history with the program prior and you're looking to, to lower your rate. No credit reporting fee involved in that transaction, even though you're borrowing money, right? Let me say it to you a third way here to drive this home. If you wanted to get your credit report right now, do you have to apply for a mortgage loan to get it or could you just order a credit report from one of the three bureaus? The answer is you can order a credit report from one of the three bureaus without having to involve it in a mortgage transaction. The point is a credit reporting fee isn't exclusively related to borrowing money for your mortgage. And the reality is a finance charge is that. It's a fee you have to pay to borrow the money. And of course, again, the biggest chunk of that is your interest. There are other fees like origination fees, processing fees, underwriting fees that might be attached there. There there are fees like mortgage insurance premium. FHA loans use mortgage insurance premium. Conventional loans that have high loan-to-value may use private mortgage insurance. Mortgage insurance is specifically tied to getting a mortgage, right? You're, You're only going to pay mortgage insurance if you're borrowing money at a high risk. Mortgage insurance is absolutely a finance charge. And this lands us on the relationship between finance charge and APR. To play this very simply, guys, APR fees are the same fees as finance charge fees. And the the definition of the APR is the cost of credit measured as a yearly rate, expressed as a yearly rate. In other words, on average, if I borrowed $200,000, we go back to the example I used early in this episode. If we, if we borrow $200,000 and it costs us $125,000 in total over the life of the loan to borrow that, if it's a 30-year loan, we take that $125,000 cost and we break it out year over year over year over year. In other words, in year one, year two, year three, how much of that $125,000 cost will I pay in year one, year two? I'm not paying it all up front. I'm paying it year over year over year as I've still got the loan. And so APR is the reflection of that annual cost dollar-wise as a percentage of the overall amount that I borrowed. So if I borrowed $200,000 and year over year over year, that annual cost, let's say, is going gonna, is gonna to run me four grand. 
what percentage of that loan amount does that four grand represent? And remember, a part of that four grand is not only interest, but it's also incorporated that additional money for origination fees, underwriting fees. So usually the APR is slightly higher than the finance charge. What that means is that there are costs other than interest involved in that loan. And the spread between the interest rate and the APR, the annual percentage rate, really indicates to the borrower, how much am I paying other than interest for this loan? And the protect, protection provided by the Truth in Lending Act is, is, is exactly aimed right there, right? If I'm, if I'm a borrower and I've got three lenders offering me the exact same loan, if they're all offering me a 30-year fixed at 3.5%, how do I differentiate one loan from the next from the next? They all look like the same loan, 30-year loan, 3.5%, but they're not usually the same loan. The consumer needs to look at the APR. Because if one lender is offering me a 3.5% rate and a 3.75% APR, and another lender is offering me a 3.5% interest rate but a 4% APR, and the third lender is offering me a 3.5% interest rate but a 4.25% APR, what that tells me is the lender with the tightest spread between note rate, interest rate, and APR that's generally the lender with the least cost other than interest. And that's the point behind the Truth and Lending Act is to give the borrower the information, tell them the truth about what's really involved in the cost of the loan. And the Truth and Lending Act requires it's be being done by the finance charge and APR. So the borrower can see exactly what am I paying overall over the life of this loan to borrow this money. I hope that clears it up a little bit here in your quest to beat the NMLS test. And if you found this helpful and you're looking for additional information in your efforts to beat the NMLS test, go to beatthenmlstest.com for tips and tricks and help for your study and preparation to go take the exam. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you soon.